0: episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com. Welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Front Door podcast with Lindy and Rhea. And we're real estate agents in Cheyenne, Wyoming, with Peak Properties. And we bring you stories that will inspire you, make you laugh, cringe, maybe cry. Come on in. We put the real in real estate. And Rhea's already crying. <laughs> Just kidding. It's too that fast. wind.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in a constant state of right? my, like, eyes why are my eyes watering watering. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being here today. I would like to introduce uh, Taylor Eisenbarth, who yes. is with uh, High Plains mortgage. mortgage, thank you. The Fairway, I wonder if actually, just as when you go to introduce yourself, kind of explain the, the two titles there. The Fairway is an independent mortgage yeah. and high, the High Plains mm-hmm. team, maybe explain that a little bit. But um, I just want to introduce you to our listeners and have, uh, have you tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well my name is Taylor Eisenbarth. I'm um twenty one years old. I just got into the real estate industry. I'm loving it. Yeah. Um everyone I've met so far has been fantastic. Um I work with Fairway Independent Mortgage under the High Plains Mortgage team. Um so that's our branch off of Fairway, um, okay. but we're still part of the company, so you know, a local business in spirit. Yes um which is nice. And uh, a
1: great team. You guys are all a great yeah, team. Yeah, they're down fantastic.
2: There. I think between everyone, there's almost 80 years of experience there. So wow, yeah, it's really beneficial for learning yes. um, and developing, and I really appreciate that. So, Good for you. Yeah.
1: Well, so tell us um, how long you've lived in Cheyenne, where you came from, just a little bit of your background there.
2: So I've lived in Cheyenne for about 12 years. Um, so it's home, Wyoming's home. I've kind of moved all around. I've lived in Laramie and Rock River and little towns along the way. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of got to experience the whole Wyoming vibe um, and, and Cheyenne's home. Um, but yeah.
1: Very good. Well, I uh, was telling Lindy that I wanted to invite you on to speak today because as you and I have talked, and you are really great about um, attending open houses with me and being available as people are coming through those open houses to, uh, you know, if they have any mortgage questions, you're there to answer that, which is really great. Uh, but you have shared your story of. Uh, sort of your journey of wanting to purchase an investment property. And I guess as I'm thinking about it, I don't even know that I've ever asked you, why did you decide you wanted to purchase an investment property over like a single residency or a, you know, a single family home? Yeah. What made you decide that?
2: So I've always kind of had a vision of where I want my life to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I try and pursue that as much as possible. And for me, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out what's my next avenue for, Um, developing myself and so I realized I wasn't you know invested in investing in myself enough so it was really trying to develop more skills and the process create an asset that's going to you know hopefully uh, take care of me for a while income
1: producing right yeah eventually
2: in the future Um, and I think that it was learning the skills throughout the process of purchasing my home that um, was really more enjoyable and now that I own it, I think I'm really thankful for you know going and, and doing it myself and figuring out how to sell or finance a property or subject to um, and, and I got into it specifically to grow my skills.
1: Oh, very interesting. Well first of all, I have to tell you Lindy that uh, Taylor here likes to speak in uh, quotes quotes I and memes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh good! I, I like say... to speak in song lyrics. there okay. we go. <laughs> well, and we do movie one-liners, Sometimes don't we? Sometimes people so... say yeah. things, and then I want to like sing a little lyric that goes with it. But yeah, so he, I'm, I'm I pretty positive it. we're gonna hear You're, one or two of those say, while we're sitting here. We have to guess where the quotes from <laughs> uh, or what. Good luck!
2: I've, I've tried making uh, <laughs> Rhea can't guess. No, so, no. well, no,
1: no. my husband will tell you. Like Maybe I Rhea don't know, help. I don't know singers' names or song titles. I know songs, and I can sing you. Every word of a song, but ask me the name of it or the person that sings it, and I'm. That's not usually I my baby.
0: Do a movie. My husband is sure. like yes. that. He quotes
2: movies. Okay. Yep, that's what we well, do. Hopefully, we can get into some quotes. I I'll try and keep it real estate focused, but I, <laughs> sometimes there's. Uh, we fall into rabbit holes. But. Yeah. So definitely. before
1: we get into your real estate purchase, what made you decide at 21 years old or younger to work in mortgage lending?
2: Yeah. So I, I started out as soon as I graduated high school in 2020. So it doesn't seem like too long ago. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. right. As soon as I graduated, I I ended up going to college. I went to L triple C for about a year and I really discovered that it just wasn't for me, you know, the whole school environment. I, I thought it was going to be something I wanted to pursue. I went for business and finance, so it gave me a little bit of knowledge. Um, but I was not super happy with it during the time I was managing a Zumi store, um, oh. and another boutique here in town, uh, 307 roots. Okay. And so from there I, I really wanted to travel and that was kind of my goal, but I stopped and thought about it for a second. And I, if I wanted to travel, I probably shouldn't be broke
1: or be a manager in a real retail store yeah. because when you're We're a manager in a there. store, you're married to it. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. And so I I decided to start selling cars where I could have I, I mean it was a very long work schedule, but I was able to make money for me to go in and travel and do the things I wanted to do. Sure. And I actually, ironically, I ended up falling in love with selling cars. Um, so I never really traveled anywhere because I was so involved in what I was. You doing.
1: enjoyed it. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and I really started develop developing skills in sales. And growing my knowledge outside of work in finance and credit, um, investing and real estate, and there was a mentor who, the company I worked for, sponsored us with. So his name was um, Grant Cardone. I know. I listened to Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. They forced us to listen to him three times a day. It was 15 minute videos or whatever. Wow. Um, Grant <laughs> yeah. and I, I got so much good information from him that after work I would still listen to his stuff and hear what he had to say about purchasing properties and you know developing a business and a style of you know sales. But really, what he spoke about was just becoming. Uh, and it's kind of cringy I guess but a man you know Mm -hmm. uh, like what kind of skills do you need to be a man and and how can you be the best version of yourself possible you know Mm -hmm. are you honest are you do you take care of other people you know do you do what needs done um and, and so I think that really inspired me to just see how far I could go you know and I always think what can I be doing better how can I be
1: so then That's you awesome. decided to make the switch over into mortgage lending and the I rest an is history. I got opportunity
2: to go into mortgage lending and it's been fantastic. You enjoy it. I do. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be part of the story. So.
1: Okay. So tell us about your decision to um, purchase your latest yeah, subject investment. Two. Yes.
2: So when, like I was saying, I was listening to Grant Cardone and it was a seminar that he was having about subject to financing. And what it really was, was for a pitch to invest in his company. Sure. So he's like, you can do this, but we're doing this already. So how about you give me your money and I'll invest for you. Sure. And, and for me, I was like, you know, that would be interesting, but I would rather get the experience and, you know, meet the people myself and, and see if I can make it happen. And so I started making cold calls to just realtors in town. Um, on listings that I saw online and saying, hey, would your seller be interested in seller financing this property? Um, And, you know, a lot of people would say no because there's not a whole lot of knowledge around it. It's a pretty, I think, niche topic in real estate. But Um, they are out there. There are. people, And
1: then depending on the home and that um, homeowner or that seller's investment in it, they are willing to Mm -hmm. do seller financing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I... I started out by doing that and I found some people who were interested in selling me their property. I went and checked it out. I, I really liked the property. It was an Airbnb and that's something I wanted to experience too. So it kind of fit a lot of what I was looking for. Uh, I ended up buying a duplex. So I currently live in the top unit and run out the bottom one. Um, and for me, I want to, you know, gain the experience, but I also want to take care of people. So I don't want to be, you know, like the slum lord who's, who's nagging at people for their rent and and stuff of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of goes back to what kind of person am I? Sure. Um, But the whole experience became, um, I I jumped into the deep end of the pool. I had no experience in this, so Mm -hmm. I had to go find a lawyer and Mm -hmm. say, hey, can you write me a contract for this property? Um, I I put down my earnest money. You know, I was doing it all on my own. I didn't have a realtor representing me, so I was editing my own contract and and figuring out the lingo and speaking to appraisers and inspectors uh, and meeting people along the way. Um, And I really learned a lot of lessons from the people I interacted with, especially my lawyer, um, who just made it very obvious, like, the decisions that you make here are kind of character-defining you know how do you proceed in a difficult negotiation or how do you carry yourself when um, a repair needs done and they're not willing to do it you know are you going to freak out are you going to be able to handle these kind of situations Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and for me in a young age i feel like a lot of people aren't willing to accept that kind of stress or pressure Mm -hmm. Um, so for me i like to lean into the challenge and, and just see what i can you know make of that situation.
1: So you're comfortable with being uncomfortable. Is that what I kind of hear you saying? I am, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's sort of a lifelong pursuit. Learning I think.
2: how to exercise patience. Yes. Yeah, and that is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, then I think if we pause for a minute and just talk about if you're 21 years old, a lot of 21-year-olds are in college, um, maybe are you know, having moved out of the dorm and into an apartment, they're kind of having fun with their friends, maybe meeting their forever partner, you know, finishing up college, that sort of thing, and maybe aren't in a position of looking at investment. Yeah, maybe properties. in a new
0: job. Yeah, that maybe they don't have the financial long.
1: resources just yet. I mean, there's a lot of variables there depending on the direction you take with your life once you turn 18 years old and graduate from high school. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah.
2: Um, and, and it's hard to really make those decisions because there's so much information on the internet that's where I learned how to do you know 50% of my skills was over the internet mm-hmm. a lot YouTube. of it comes from mentors oh, yeah, YouTube or audiobooks or yeah. podcasts you know stuff yeah. like this yeah uh, is really how you go about finding information in today's world and
0: on that do you, your parents mm-hmm. did you did so they, I didn't grow like...
2: up with my dad uh, I lived with my mom for about beginning 11 years of my life and then I moved in with my grandparents. Okay Um, which isn't unheard of right now
1: I think a lot of yeah multi-generational living. Yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and and I think that was the best thing that could have happened to me my grandma passed away um, a few years after I moved in with with them Um, so it was just me and my grandpa and (laughs) you know he had raised kids in the past but they were all gone you know were focused on their own careers so um, I think for him, you know, he was an older gentleman, so it's like raising a teenager was super difficult for him. And yeah. I was—I did not make it easy. Um, sure. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I was a menace when I was younger. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't <that>. either. <laughs> um, so, so what? What I look back on now, um, and, and I'm thankful for the most, is the patience that he had with me and the skills that he taught me maybe not intentionally, but vicariously through his actions, you know, Mm -hmm. he he was always very patient with me and understanding and unconditionally loving. Sure. Um, And that made it, you know, really easy to focus on, okay, I know he's got my back no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so I can focus on my my thing and if I ever need him, he's there. Mm -hmm. That's Um, nice. Yeah. And so, and I always think about that um, just in my everyday life.
1: So did he... um, Uh, I guess have some influence over you in this decision to purchase real estate at a young age like what was his involvement in that
2: Um, so he wasn't super involved Uh, he was supportive supportive of me yeah Um, I think in the past we had had a conversation about it but nothing was really set in stone Um, so I just started pursuing it on my own Um, and when I told him I was like hey I put in an offer on this property he, he was okay with it and understanding he let me make my own mistakes and figure out my own path through it. He did provide me with a, a, a contact for an attorney, which, which was great. Which is nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and so when I was going through the process, he was very hands-off. You know, he wasn't trying to educate me or anything like that, which <laughs> helped me make my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of them, and I, I'm i okay working on that in the next deal.
1: Well, I really appreciate your saying that because I think for a lot of people, whether you're 21, 31, or 41, if you're purchasing your first property, nobody actually wants to make a mistake. Like, it, because it's such a big purchase, there's this risk adverse sort of side of people, I think, that's trying to make everything perfect going into the transaction. And there's a almost a dance, I think, that occurs um, when you are working your way through a real estate transaction of, you know, is this gonna work, is this not gonna work, and kind of going back and forth. So the fact that you were able, you were comfortable with making mistakes, yeah. and working your way through the process is huge.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of people are afraid of just losing money. You know, I think that's the biggest fear at the top of it, or getting mm-hmm. taken advantage of.
0: Yes. Um,
2: so coming in into it with a little bit of knowledge about the real estate industry was beneficial. Sure. Um, but it was also seeking you know, counsel from other people and and doing it on my own really made it easy because I was talking to the appraiser. I was talking to the inspector, getting advice from them. You know, I was calling electricians and and making connections. Wow. Um, So for me, it almost didn't become like I was purchasing a property. I was networking the whole time.
1: Sure. Um,
2: and, And for the career that I'm in, is pretty beneficial to have like hey here's a handyman stuff like that you guys Mm -hmm. understand yeah Mm -hmm.
0: you were basically your own realtor
2: exactly without
0: the license right (laughs) Um,
2: and and looking back I think that I'm more thankful for having made some mistakes you know maybe in negotiations maybe in not having repairs done or maybe in um, just little aspects of the contract or how things went about Um, even the financing itself and and I'm okay with that because I'm comfortable and confident in my ability to make it either something that'll make me money in the future or something that the lessons that I've learned will make right. me money mm-hmm. in the future.
1: Well, and two, as you're working with um, buyers, they're looking now that you've been through the process yourself, especially with seller financing, but just in general, all that legwork that you did, Um, when a buyer is coming to work with you, you're going to know the, you know, the journey they have walked and, you know, and if they make a mistake, you're going to be able to say, Hey, I made that same mistake or whatever, and help them feel more comfortable about the process. Right. Yeah. And,
2: And you know, I was, so I was fairly naive to the other side of the real estate purchase transaction, right? Where I wasn't working with realtors in the case of me being a buyer so I got to experience what a buyer goes through and the stresses that they are under Mm -hmm. and I actually told the people who sold me the property I was like this was just as stressful for me as it was for you guys yeah and Mm -hmm. uh, and it was it was definitely a very stressful situation Mm -hmm. Um, but like like Grant was saying um, Grant right yes he was saying you know practicing patience I was I was not reacting in the moment, and I was thinking past my emotions. Sure. You know, taking a moment and saying, "Okay, how is how can I correct this situation or make something better uh, from it?"
1: So you you called realtors. You found um, properties that were potentially interested in seller financing. Mm-hmm. You hired yourself a lawyer.
2: I did. Yeah. You did. Oh,
1: man. You put together a contract
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with the help of that lawyer. I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, made an offer, mm-hmm. then earnest money. How did that go down? So I'm assuming they were set up with the title company. Still. Yeah.
2: So so it was not a perfect transaction. Okay. Um, so with a title company, um, and I don't want to say too much. There's some details. Here, <laughs> okay. But I can't get into. That's um, fine. But I put down, you know, a very large earnest money deposit. Obviously, because mm-hmm. I was very interested in purchasing the property. I wasn't worried about losing the money. Um, so first American title couldn't hold on to that money anymore and so they had came to me and said hey we can't hold on to this money we have to give you the check back
0: why cuz it was taking so long no or so what?
2: there's some specific reasons why they couldn't do the documentation okay. for the property nothing okay. that is bad or anything like that right um, but they just couldn't do the documentation so we had to go through uh, marquee escrow which I don't know if yes. you guys. yeah have... yep. they're yep. fantastic marquee escrow is a fantastic company here in town so they do they did all the um, recording documents okay, okay. Um, but anyways they told me hey we got to give you this check back and then it became a decision like I have this check for $5,000 I have the opportunity to back out of this deal and sour the reputation of myself you know make these people not want wanna to do, do business this. with me in the future and, mm-hmm. and again I'm in real estate there's a realtor in the transaction um, and she was a prominent realtor and I was like you know that's not really what I'm about and I want to mm-hmm. go forward this with this this was my prerogative from the beginning Um, And so I took the steps to make sure um, that things moved forward. And I spoke with my lawyer after that had conspired. And um, I learned a lot of lessons from him in in this transaction just about, you know, what it means to be a man of your word, which is kind of interesting because that's not what I was there to learn from him.
0: Yes. But you would be surprised at the transactions we do where people just back out. And it's, I mean, it's like heartbreaking for everyone. And you're like, right. you can't do that, but people do.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and having the earnest, I, it was a large earnest money check. And back in my hands, I was thinking, man, I, I could, could just be done. So you had yeah. a moment.
1: You had a moment where you sat and thought I about did. it. And
2: yeah. you know and, and for for a day, I just kind of ruminated on it. And, and I thought, you know what, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get this done. I, I've made a. I've gave them my word. You know, earnest mm-hmm. money. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And so I moved forward with it, and I couldn't have been more grateful um, for the experiences that I've had in renovating the property. So I put a new carpet in it. I didn't do it myself. Um, and I repainted the whole place by hand. I should have got a paint gun. <laughs> I will never paint another Oh my yeah. god. I, will I never hate paint painting. Another, yeah, it was, it was the worst. Mm-hmm. Don't, look Do the closets. Closets. <laughs>
0: Don't look in the closets. Don't look in the closets. That's what I like to I skipped <laughs> those. Yeah. Um, um, how long did it take from the beginning when you found the property to the end with a um, contract for deed? I think it took about a month. Oh. A, so so yeah. that was finance That's not bad. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad and, at all. But
2: I was very familiar with the process. You sure. Know? So if you're not super familiar with the process, I think consulting somebody first, you can get to about a month there. Um, but if you're if you're just beginning it's probably a three-month process just for you to take baby steps you know Um, because the last thing that I want is for someone to rush into this and and actually get burned you know because if you're not going through a bank there's obviously left less safeguards yeah for a buyer Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you're interested in seller financing I think you want to you want to be careful but you also have to understand that you're still interacting with people who if you're working with a realtor who their career is real estate you're working with a buyer who who could need the money of the sale of their home mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of people relying on you yes. you know and so you have to take that into account are you ready to take on that responsibility are you ready to you know have these converse, these very difficult conversations with people you know doing your own negotiations and sometimes tensions get high yes and and things get hot and heavy and it's and it's being able to control your emotions and navigate that environment in a professional way um, to get the deal done so I think the the steps are fairly simple but it's executing them that's yes. difficult um, yeah because you can get so far into it you can say okay well I have a contract and I you know I have an offer in and they said they would accept the offer and you know you can get as far as you want, but at the end of the day, you want to make sure you're comfortable with it Mm -hmm. and and rushing into it. I don't think is the best way to go about
0: it. So with that being said, are you still doing seller financing or did you go get a regular mortgage or do you have a plan for that? Or are you going to stick with this? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
2: So I'm going to get a regular mortgage on this property. I want to continue seller financing in the future, yeah. now that I have it under my belt and I have you know the experience I, I feel like I have a really solid foundation for doing it more in the future so getting talking to people who are interested in selling their home and providing them another solution yeah something exactly. that helps them sell their home without having to worry about the mortgage process which can be stressful and especially
0: know? in the weird market we've been in right You've got to be able to think outside the box and sometimes that's exactly. like
2: the... and a lot of cases it can be very beneficial for the seller um, because you know with most seller financing options the sellers going to be making more money than a conventional deal anyways sure um, so my, my plan and my hope is to pursue it more in the future and you would not believe it. now that I've done it it's kind of like when you buy a, when you buy a new car and you thought it was something that was so cool but now you see them all, all, all over, over the, the, the street yeah. <laughs> I stole that from, from my boss but um, yeah. he uh, <clears throat> that that's exactly what it is because now I run into people my barber he said oh I'm interested in seller financing you know there's people all over town I went and I had a meeting with um, some folks who would be interested in you know creating a business around seller financing Mm -hmm. because I think Cheyenne is is an echo chamber of real estate it's pretty unique in its its own respect Mm -hmm. Um, and it's got a wide market for new avenues of investing
0: sure my husband's first home it was actually he did seller financing Mm -hmm. too that's awesome for his first home that he bought he bought a house on van linen Mm -hmm. and it was actually a duplex also it had a basement apartment and he lived in the upstairs and the bottom was rented just very similar
1: to yours yeah that's Mm -hmm. awesome well this kind of goes back to what your mom's you know i feel like we're bringing up in almost every episode is what you think about you bring about yeah right so you kind of whatever you're putting out into the world is what's going to get reflected back at you. And so the fact that you, you know, took the time to learn develop the skill um, and kind of walk yourself through the process. Now it's just naturally going to happen that you're going to now see people and they're going to be talking to you about contract for deed and seller financing, which is great. I mean, that's a, you're putting out there what, our broker yeah. Corey, we had him earlier today. Yeah. he could come and
0: talk about this too because he's actually been the seller. Yeah. and he has yeah. several right now team. that he's financed people, and and they can be good and bad, but he's had good experience with it.
2: Yeah, mm. and, and I think it's a it's a Wyoming thing to have uh, your to carry through with the deals you make. You know, yeah. I feel like yeah. it's not like a our, lot of communities yeah. Yeah. that are are that way, and the people who are in you know, the seller financing game, I feel like, are, you know, upstanding people. Yeah. Um, so it makes it easy to have smooth transactions uh, when, when that's something you want to pursue. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, but I think the hardest thing for people my age, um, off, off on a tangent, I was, I was thinking, um, for me, when I was figuring out what I wanted to do, and you asked me earlier, why real estate? Um, and it's because I just had to pick something. There mm-hmm. is so many options mm-hmm. to pursue um and especially with the internet you're constantly hearing what someone else has been successful at and what works for other people and so it it was like okay i'm not going to make a move if i don't make up my mind yeah. i was
1: just about to say you you just could almost
2: always, become frozen that three
0: two one yes pick something yeah go
2: with it yeah and, and so i've been trying to live by that you know philosophy for a while is just make a decision yeah. you know you have a hard problem in front of you make a decision yeah um and and that's really helped me out throughout my journey so far
1: well and i think too what paralyzes people from making a decision is feeling like that's a forever decision and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be you can make a decision and get into it and maybe decide that that's not for you or your life is changing in some way i mean especially when you're in your 20s you have literally decades left of your life to sort of Pursue all your dreams and goals. If this one doesn't work out, move on and go on to something different. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Like, I think when we think back to the Silent Generation or the Boomer Generation, there was this idea that you we talked about that we did that you go into a company and you stay there for thirty or forty years, and you buy a house and you stay in that same house for thirty or forty years, and everything like just somehow, yeah, Yeah, somehow that's not that's not how it is. I mean, and really the fact that you should just know what your whole life is going to be when you're 20 years old is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you are starting on a journey. I think about, um, there's a gentleman I know whose, uh, aunt, I, she had some, professional career. I can't remember what it was. Didn't take up painting till she was like 80 years old Mm -hmm. and then put together absolute masterpieces at the age of 80. So you don't even really know what skills you have inside of you until you start the journey and Uh, you just get going.
2: A lot of people settle for comfort. Yes, Yes. I think you're right. Comfort. Right. Right. Because those are the easy decisions to make. If you don't put yourself under stressful environments, you're not going to grow. That's right. Um, I was... I was listening to another podcast, Uh, it's called uh, Huberman Lab, and he was speaking about the brain, and he said, when you make a difficult decision, or you do something that you don't enjoy doing, there is a piece of your brain that literally gets bigger. And so you're growing your brain by making difficult decisions and doing, doing things hard you don't things you do like to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, that's waking up early and going to the gym and, you know, taking cold showers, studying yeah. ice baths, you know, there's plenty of things that people don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can just find a way to, you know, do the things you don't like to do, I think you get so much further than if you just mm-hmm. stay in your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and not take any risks.
0: Well, and it's making me think of even myself. Um, and we talked about it. Mm-hmm. I worked for the state, I have a doctorate, I have a master's degree, I have all that. And then I had this idea of my life, this is what it's gonna be. And yeah. then I decided maybe it, I don't want that. And it was hard, because I was like, I'm on this path, I can't <laughs> switch now. Yeah. And then I just did, and now here I am. Right. And it changed my life. And mm-hmm. I was just so stuck on, this I can't do this. I have to this is what I committed to. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: doing it forever. What did that decision feel like when you changed direction?
0: Oh, it was super scary, but then after I did it, I felt like free. Like I could do anything. I could change you know, yeah. I can
2: you could do it again. Yeah,
0: you yeah. could go <laughs> change my mind. <time. laughs> and even now when you hear people complain or they say, I don't like this, I'm like, do something, change it.
2: Yeah. Quit the job. Go get yeah. a different job.
0: Fine. don't waste your time. Right. You know, doing something that you're not, like, loving to do.
2: Yeah. you know, every- Just
0: because you think you're supposed to be doing that.
2: Yeah. You know, everyone's got a story. Um, and, and their story is going to fit perfectly with their, you know, perception of themselves. So their story is going to give them a reason for why they can't do this. Or, or something yeah. happened to them in the past and that's why they're not moving forward on this. Yeah. And, and you get caught up in staying in your own comfort zone and, and kind of absorbed in your, you know, your story. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's not a pity party or, you know, you're not feeling sorry for yourself, but your story can limit you. Yes. Um, and so having the ability to kind of drop your ego and say, you know what, I'm not the past, I'm not what's happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm the decisions I make from now on. Yeah. You yep. know, a- and so uh, I think that's another thing for a young person especially is the things that have happened in your past don't define you. You know you might have a reputation or you might have you know something that you're known for, but s- sometimes you have to be willing to accept that people have that perception and still move forward. Yeah. you know it's uh, I got a quote it's not about <laughs> how hard it's a rocky quote. it's a rocky quote. It's not about how hard you get hit it's about how hard or it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and okay. keep moving forward. how much you yep. can take and keep moving forward, you know. Yep. Um, and I always see Sylvester Stallone when I'm going through a hard, hard thing, yeah. and uh, I think that's, you know, a, a very true statement. Mm-hmm.
1: I do think you make a good point because in your early 20s, you are kind of sort. You're once you're you out think of you your have par- to figure
0: out your whole life.
1: That you need to know what you're doing. That, what are you doing? And you're you're out of your parents' house finally, and you're trying to make sense of. You're building an identity outside of your family, right? Like when you, the first 18 years of your life, you're living with your parents and your siblings and your grandparents and you're, you know, there's sort of this identity attached to you. And then once you move out, then you're, there's like this ultimate freedom associated with. Is that who I am? Who do what, I want to be? Who do I want to be? How does this look? What's right. the, and I do think there's a little bit of time. I'm, I'm sure all of us, with all the decisions we're making, are really taking our 20s to do that, right? Yeah. And sort out, how does this look different for me? What do I want this to be like?
2: Yeah. And you know what's interesting is everyone has been my age.
1: Yes. you know, yeah.
2: And so you guys have experienced the th- same things that I experienced in my age. And, yep. and, and I think that Everyone comes out of it with new and interesting lessons um, mm-hmm. and it helps shape their life in the future um, so for me, I definitely don't have it all figured out um, so, uh, Some days I wake up and i I think I have no clue what I'm gonna do or mm-hmm. you know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna figure it out
1: mm-hmm. There's a quote out there, something about just be just because you spent years making a mistake doesn't mean you should. Keep doing it or something like that. So I think a little bit too. I know for myself, you know, we got married and started having kids when I was 22. And um, when I think about like every decision we made was for our family. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why I say that is that sometimes, not that that was a mistake, that was a blessing. But I do think that sometimes, just like you're saying, we kind of, this is my, this like is tunnel my, vision. Like, yeah, you do get tunnel do. vision. This is what I do. This is how this is going right. to be. So I think I spent a long time and I think this is the case for just about everybody where you, you find the job that's secure, that's going to take care of your family. And mm-hmm. I especially think there's a, a higher burden on the man in the family that feels like it's his it's the, the, their role in society, 100%. really, right, mm-hmm. to take care of their family so that pressure is on. Right. And I'm sure there's plenty of men out there that have stayed in jobs that they don't really enjoy because they, the responsibility is to and, take care of their family.
2: And, you know, for me, I think, I think that's very respectable. I yes. think a man that's willing to sacrifice, you know, whatever he was going to do, to do. for his family, mm-hmm. um, you got to do it 100% of the time. Yes. You know? Yeah, you can get pretty complacent in that, too. You that's know, uh, yeah. We talk about it a lot in the workplace about don't get complacent on the job. But you can make it right into your family, too. You can get yeah. complacent with your job. Yeah. That's very Thinking true. that you don't have no other choice, kind of like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I was going to say. We I'm sat for a long
1: different. time with the same decisions we've made for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, and finally we did break free of that and started making the leaps and bounds that we have to sort of change our life. Because you do sort of hit a moment where you're like, I don't have a whole lot of years left in my life or a whole lot of decades left in my life, you know, and that's why. You guys are only 28. Right, Right. yeah, 29, yeah, 29. 29. They're they're (laughs) a little older than me. (laughs) That's funny. So what I really appreciate about everything that you're saying is that that willingness to pivot or to take a risk at 21 years old, oh my gosh, if you can get going on that now, Hmm. how much further ahead can so many people be? You know what I regret,
2: though? Hmm. is not doing it sooner, oh, seriously, really? yeah, I, <laughs> um, because it's, it's so freeing, you know, when you're able to make a, a tough decision, maybe it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. you know, failure happens, but mm-hmm. you can move on and make another decision, make another one,
1: and you reflect on the, all those choices that you made, and you learn right. from them,
2: um, I think the biggest growth for me has happened in, you know, the different careers that I've had, uh, when I was able to find a mentor, and I think that's that's a big thing that someone my age should look for is a mentor to guide them through uh, the process and what what made them successful what do they think will make me successful how can we develop together Mm -hmm. Um, because you know as if I was a mentor I'm not just teaching this person but I'm also learning a lot about myself
1: I completely agree with Mm -hmm. you Um, yeah we've
0: talked about that in Mm -hmm. here too we have
2: and so I try and find people who can mentor me, but I also try and and provide guidance for people who are younger than me. Sure. Um, And I run into a lot of kids who are 15 or, you know, 16 years old, and they're not really sure what their life looks like, and I I tell them all the mistakes (coughs) that I've made, Mm -hmm. and I say, you know, really, it's not about what grades you get or, you know, what you do, but if you're really focused on trying to make your life the best it possibly can be... Mm -hmm. Start making hard decisions as soon as possible and start sacrificing, you know, maybe some parties you go to or maybe some other things to improve yourself. Which Um, is what we
0: also talked about too, about your social life as young people. We put it up here and sometimes you have to put it. It's not what.
2: Yeah, it's not everything. It's It's not not everything. everything. No, No. It's it's not. And right now you see, you see people on Instagram and you're like, this person lives the perfect life. Yeah. They have no problems and they're perfect it's how it looks anyway Yeah, exactly (laughs) and and so you can get wrapped up in that a lot of the time and I I think people can get um, caught up in comparing themselves to other comparison Mm -hmm. is the thief of joy Mm yes you know and so I I really I was able to remove myself from that because for me I had a very high level of anxiety at one point Mm -hmm. to where I could not go into a store Without thinking that every single person in that store was judging me, oh. and, and yeah, it was it was almost crippling. It was so so weird because now I feel like I'm a confident person and I don't worry about what other people. How would you
1: say. overcome that?
2: It was go. It was getting in front of it. I didn't make excuses. I went and I said, okay, you know what? I feel this way, but I know who I am. I know that this isn't me, and I know that people, whatever, even if they did think the worst of me, that doesn't dictate who, who you I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I did is I just went and I applied for a management position in a Zumi store and right out of high school, pretty much. um, And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And speaking to people every day and, you know, kind of developing the, the kids who were working there, teenagers, um, kind of developing a team. We were able to be, you know, the, I think we, for the time that I was there, we were, one of the top producing teams that had ever been at that Zoom store. Wow. Good Maybe you. it was the COVID money. But... <laughs> <laughs> Little
1: extra shopping. Yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were well, giving congratulations to everyone, right? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> they gave yeah.
0: everyone the money and everyone went and spent
1: <laughs> it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Got my, my fur COVID jacket.
1: <laughs> so now that you've bought one investment property, what, if you're willing to share, what's your next step? What's your, are you buying another one? Or are you buying a single family home? What, what, what are you doing next?
2: Yeah, I would love to purchase another investment property. And, and I think what I would want to do is actually find some people, a group of people who are interested in purchasing these properties um, and building a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe in the future, uh, what I really want to focus on is really high quality assets because in the future I want to sell the whole portfolio to an investor sure. and you know, make, make money off the sale of the portfolio even though it was you know, cash flowing the whole time, hopefully sure Um, but that's the vision I have of it I guess Um, and and so my next step would if I can't find another person to you know who's willing to move in that direction with me I'll do it on my own Mm -hmm. Um, especially if I find the right deal and and the right property Um, but I really want to try and find like-minded people because I, I think although I have a lot of respect for everyone um, there's not a lot of people who are willing to do the things that are difficult and, and, and take risks, mm-hmm. sure. you know, and finding people to trust is even harder.
1: Right. Well, you got to I mean if you want to be a millionaire, you got to surround yourself with millionaires. If you yeah. want to be a chef, you need to surround yourself with chefs. If you whatever the situation is, that's who you need to surround yourself with. And so that makes complete sense to me that you want to find somebody that's like-minded and has similar goals and interests because that's the only way As a matter of fact, that's the only way it's going to move forward. If you surround yourself with people that don't have those ideals, you're never going to get there.
2: Yep, Absolutely. And, and, you know, what's funny is you were saying when you move out of your parents' house, you kind of start questioning all these ideas you had. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the exact same for me Mm -hmm. Um, because my grandpa was, you know, what I'm looking for now is someone who can give me that check and balance, you know, like, hey, you're making this decision. That doesn't seem right. You know, something of that nature, Uh, not a parent figure, but someone who I can be competitive with. And, uh, and I think that's what, you know, people are missing is not having that person to be, to hold you accountable. Sure. You know, and so.
0: And not be afraid to
1: call you out and tell you. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And and I think a lot of people are afraid of getting their egos hurt. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: When someone holds you accountable, you're like, well.
1: Yeah. Being critiqued is never easy. Yeah. 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 Yeah
2: and so uh, I actually I love it because I'm like my philosophy is how can I how can I get better what can I do better Um, so in the future it's going to be finding a partner or multiple people that I can trust and purchasing more property seller finance or with you know conventional means of financing through a bank Mm -hmm. or, or something of that nature
1: so you've, you've actually given advice throughout our podcast today, which is really awesome for young people. This has been really terrific. If you are going to end it on one note, like one for anybody your age that's thinking about, this, that's listening to this and thinking about getting involved, what would be your number one piece of advice for them?
2: I would say go for it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, make a decision that you're going to make some make this happen. And whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, but start moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a quote by Rumi that says, as you begin to walk the path, the path appears.
1: Yes, I um, completely agree.
2: And, and so you have to, you have to start because you can stay in stagnation the whole time and think, well, I know how to do it. So I'm not, I'm not going to try and pursue this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, kind of getting caught up in your ego mm-hmm. and you have to drop that and say, well, I'm going to pursue it. I may not know everything. But I'm going to learn along the way. And maybe make a few mistakes, um, but that's okay.
1: Yes, that's awesome. That's been a consistent piece of advice we Mm -hmm. have gotten, isn't it? Yep, I love it. (laughs) All right, our final question. Okay, our
0: final question is, if you could purchase property anywhere in the world, where would it be and why?
2: It'd be Miami, Miami Beach. Ah,
1: yeah. okay. Why um, Miami Beach?
2: Because I I really enjoy, I've never been, I've been to Florida, um, but I've never been to Miami. But, you know, seeing it growing up and everything like that, it's just got such an interesting vibe. Um, and the real estate there is fantastic. Sure. Besides the ones that crumble, we don't worry about those ones. The condos <laughs> that crumble, know. yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about I was. You're favorite. not going to buy one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody would buy one no. of those. No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today, Taylor. This has been a real pleasure. And for everybody listening, um, my name is Rhea Parsons and Lindy Wilcher and I are realtors with peak properties. If you are interested in selling or buying, we'd love to help you with that. You can find us on uh, www.sellcheyenne.com as well as um, all the social media sites.
2: And you can find me at Taylor at high plains team is my email Um, and my phone number is 307-331-7130. Perfect. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Let's take a picture. This episode of beyond the front door is brought to you by peak properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming with over 75 years of combined experience in real estate. It's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential commercial HUD income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com.